Welcome to our worship from Seal Church, led by me, Canon Anne Labar. The hymn which ends the service is sung by the choristers of St Martin in the Fields. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, increase in us your gift of faith, that forsaking what lies behind and reaching out to that which is before, we may run the way of your commandments and win the crown of everlasting joy. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading today is from Genesis chapter 32, beginning at verse 22. At night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maids and his eleven children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans, and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. The Gospel reading is from Luke's Gospel, chapter 18, beginning at the first verse. Jesus told his disciples a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice, so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet when the Son of Man comes... Will he find faith on earth? 
In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. One of my favourite sculptures is a representation of the Old Testament story we heard today, the story of Jacob and the angel. It can usually be seen in the Tate Britain in London. It's sculpted from a gigantic block of alabaster and it was made by Jacob Epstein in the 1930s. Epstein has caught the moment when Jacob realises he can't win this wrestling match. It's a very ambiguous image. Is Jacob being crushed by the angel, or is he being upheld and embraced? Epstein probably meant us to be unsure, just as the biblical storyteller does. To understand the story and this moment of ambiguity, we need a bit of background. Jacob is one of a pair of twins, who've been at loggerheads since before they were born, wrestling in their mother's womb. Esau is born first, but only just. Jacob is born holding on to his heel. And his name means the supplanter, because that's what Jacob spends most of his life trying to do, to supplant Esau and take his place as the firstborn. In his culture, the firstborn son got everything. He became leader of the family, head of the clan. He controlled all the property. And he got the blessing of his father, a special blessing for the firstborn. Jacob thought that role should have been his, and that he'd do it far better than Esau. And he may have been right. Esau comes across in the stories we have about him as more brawn than brain, a good hunter, but none too bright. So, in a series of events too long to explain here, Jacob tricks both Esau and his father Isaac, and at the crucial moment, when Isaac is dying, he gives the blessing of the firstborn to Jacob, thinking he's his brother. Jacob seems to have won, but his trickery does him no good. Esau, of course, is furious, and Jacob has to run for his life back to his mother's family home hundreds of miles away on the border of what's now southern Turkey. There he makes a new life for himself with his mother's brother Laban. Decades pass, but in the end the pull of home is too great, especially as Laban turns out to be just as manipulative as Jacob. So Jacob decides to go back and face the music with Esau. The story we heard takes place on the night before Jacob crosses the boundary into Esau's territory. The Bible is deliberately vague at first about who the mysterious figure he encounters is. But you don't have to be a psychological genius to see this wrestling match as a reflection of the struggle that's going on inside Jacob. He's torn between the desire to go home and the fear of how Esau might react. And he's still hoping there might be a way to manipulate and manoeuvre himself out of his trouble. The stalemate in the wrestling match is perhaps the moment when he realises that there is no magic solution to his dilemma, no way forward without pain and cost to him, not least the pain of admitting that he'd wronged his brother. But he seems also to recognise that it's in the struggle and the pain that he'll find the peace he longs for. 
that there are some things you just can't trick your way around. I will not let you go unless you bless me, he says to his opponent. Epstein's sculpture captures that moment of relief for Jacob in this, as the wrestling becomes an embrace. Here is someone, finally, who is pushing back as hard as he does, someone who won't let him go, who holds him accountable. Jacob realises that this figure represents the God who loves him even when he loses, even when he gets it wrong. Jacob is blessed not despite his struggles, but because of them. He's given a new name, Israel, which means one who struggles with God. It's a very significant name. Earlier in his life, when Jacob had run away from Esau and from home, he thought he was running away from God too. On his journey, he found himself in the desert, with nowhere to sleep but the hard ground. But as he slept, he had a dream of a ladder set up between earth and heaven, with angels going up and down on it. Surely God is in this place, he says in wonder, and I did not know it. He thought he'd left God far behind, but he discovered that God was still with him, as much at home in the desert as anywhere else. This wrestling match at the ford of the Jabbok tells him that again, as he's confronted with the reality he's tried to walk away from and the God whose challenge and call he's tried to ignore. People often apologise to me if they feel they're wrestling with their faith, questioning or doubting or feeling angry with God. When we're going through tough times, we often try to put on our best face and to say all the right things. But this story tells us that God would much rather we wrestled with him and shouted at him than pretend that everything's fine and treat him with dis distant politeness or, or ignore him completely. The Bible is full of people having a go at God, demanding to know, how long, O Lord? Even Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, tells his father that he really doesn't want to do what he's called to. And in today's Gospel, Jesus tells us that it's OK to feel that we're being like that desperate widow, stroppy, mouthy, so long as we keep showing up. God isn't an unjust judge. He doesn't need to be battered into submission. But it's often important for us to feel that we can be honest and tell it like it is. If we argue with people, it is at least a sign that they matter to us that we care about what they think, even if we disagree with them. And where there's an argument, there can be a reconciliation. It's when we ignore people, avoid them, or treat them as just irrelevant to us, that there's nowhere to go and nothing that can be done to change the situation. In modern jargon, people call it ghosting, when a friend abruptly stops replying to texts and emails and phone calls, blocks you on social media, vanishes from your life. Often i found people try to ghost God. They might stop praying, they might stop coming to church, they might avoid the people and places that remind them of him, or they might hide behind pious platitudes, but it's not real anymore for them. 
The message of the stories we've heard today, though, is that not only does God want us to be honest with him, he also wants us to know that it's safe for us to do so, that this is the gateway to the blessing we long for. Because when we're honest, we can discover that we're loved indestructibly, whatever we've done, whatever life has done to us. Jacob's story starts with him longing for the blessing of his earthly father, which he can only get by cheating. But it ends when he discovers the blessing of his heavenly father, which nothing can take away from him. We don't have to be polished, polite or dignified in our prayer. We don't have to pretend. We just have to show up as we are. God doesn't bless us despite our struggles. He wants us instead to find the blessing that's within them. So let our prayers change us bit by bit into people who know that however far we run, God runs with us. Amen. And so as we bring our prayers to God, we pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.